Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Fruil Podcast. Here next to me is Sifu Gorensu, master and founder of Jumo Academy, also known as Mifaja. Please don't move your chair oh, sorry. in the middle sorry, of sorry, an sorry, intro. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> Hi. Hi. And this is John. I worked so hard. I was actually thinking about this today, driving here. I'm thinking, what is it about the introduction? And I, I don't know what it is, except when I think about describing you, the, these are the things that come to mind. A compassionate young man. A young man who I am immensely proud of. And in the moments that I watch you when you're working with people with disabilities, so the, those of us who are with uh, Parkinson's and other neurological conditions, mm. I watch you with the amount of patience and care and compassion you have for these people. And I just, my, my heart sings. And I don't know how to describe that. Except that I'm really proud of you. Uh, and I don't know how to describe those qualities. All right. So that's it. That's my introduction. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome. So on the podcast, we talk about what we experience whilst practicing and teaching Kung Fu and Tai Chi and how it benefits our lives and three parts make us whole, the mind, the body, the spirit. Um, we're back. Last week, we did miss an episode. Yes. Um, it was one of those weeks where we had lots on our plate and the podcast had to take a break mm. out of everything. Um, our plates weren't big enough. Yes, we need bigger plates. We need bigger plates, mate. Mm. Um, I am rolling with a ulcer in my, on my tongue. So, yeah, I'm speaking a little bit weirdly. That's why. Ah, okay. Why? Now I understand. I told you this morning. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know. You said mouth. Oh. So I didn't know I was speaking like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. All right. Furu is about passion. It's about culture. It's not just about sharing a Chinese martial art, but it's about sharing the light at the end of my tunnel. And maybe this could be the light at the end of your tunnel. Or you can just enjoy some really cool content. And this is for real. All right. Well, how are we? Let's start the podcast. Me? Uh, mad, sad, glad, scared. I am mad, maybe two out of ten. Sad, five. Glad, eight. Scared, nine. Excited and scared, nine out of ten. Mm. You? I am... Silence. Mm. Um, I'm glad. Mm. A bit scared mm. and excited, and also on another note, just pretty happy that it's getting a bit colder. Getting wear my Uniqlo clothing. Uniqlo clothing. Yeah, <laughs> Uniqlo. That hurts my tongue. That's pretty cool. Cool. It's been sitting in my wardrobe for six months. All oh, right, waiting. Waiting. Just waiting. To be worn. Waiting to be worn. I got more winter kind of clothing. Than I do summary clothing. So you know, there's there's an easy way of sorting that out. What? To if you want to wear your winter clothes, you just gotta 
go to Coles or Woolworths and ask them if you can stand in their cool room for a bit. And you have to wear all those clothes. That's weird, man. No, it's not. You could do is a vlog from there. Is that what you do? You can do a vlog from there. No, from I don't. Coming from experience? No. Not is that <laughs> why all the shelves are empty right now? <laughs> no. Because no one wants to go near the crazy Asian wearing winter <laughs> clothing? No, I don't think so. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, shall we start with a question? Yes. From Mr. Tarrant. Tarrant? Mr. Tarrant. Alright, here we go. Hey Sifu, hey Sing Sung. Um, during an Iron Ring demonstration, Sifu, you demonstrated Bilgi or spearing fingers. And you said something about con uh, conditioning for the fingers. I was wondering if you could go more into that and talk about um, the relationship between the conditioning that we do and the conditioning that other martial artists or old conditioning techniques and kind of deep dive about that also the relationship between conditioning uh, and daily practice is daily practice a means to condition um, oneself or the body as well cool thanks guys Okay, right. so there's yeah. a couple of, couple of parts to the question. Yeah, like do you want to start? two or three. Yeah. I do not want to start, no. Okay, because of your tongue? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> do you want to just sit back and say <laughs> 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 um, Well, conditioning. So, I did in, in that morning. No, was, it was night. A night time. Oh, uh, in that, that, ev that evening, um, when I was... Demonstrating the iron rings, I we were doing bilsao bilji dalsao is one of the combinations, mm. and bilji uh, means spearing fingers. So bilsao sao is hand, ji is finger. Okay, bilsao bilji. Uh, I shared that there's bilji's application, so thrusting into the throat or the eyes, anything soft really, and then uh, I mentioned some old-fashioned conditioning exercises. So, in the traditional, um, when I was little, like Isabella's age and probably younger, I would hear stories about how traditional Kung Fu martial artists used to train the strength of the fingers and the conditioning of the fingers, so they became like, like mini spears, right? right. And uh is one of those methods. Okay. What was the, uh, I would say legend, and I say legend because I haven't seen it myself with my own eyes, but what I've heard in stories is that in training the fingertips in the old-fashioned way, there would be different tubs of different materials so one would start with a very fine material like water. So you'd thrust into water. And then when the fingers were conditioned for water, then it may be perhaps sand, thrust into sand. And then maybe rice, or maybe the rice is before sand. And then gradually, gradually work up to pebbles and rocks. Oh. Yeah, I know. So I actually, I, when I shared it in class, I did say that it's not recommended. It's not a form of conditioning that I would recommend. Uh, 
because of the damage that it's going to cause to our fingers, particularly the gap between our fingernails and our finger. Because you imagine getting infection between the fingernails. and So uh, the connection, I, I think the connection is that it's about suffering pain. Lovely. Yeah, and through the suffering of pain, there's some form of focus or that that uh, ability to be able to shut the pain out. But uh, my principle to conditioning is the other end of the scale, that the objective of conditioning is that we are, first of all, sustaining our practice and improving some area of our practice, but sustainable, not deadening something in order to make it effective, but to have it be more effective and still functional. Mm. Like we've got to be able to use our body in everyday life with, with pain-free. So that's that's my take on it. Mm. Um, what was one another question from Tarrant? What part of it? Uh, How does it relate? About in, uh, conditioning, if you could go more into that and talk about um, the relationship between the conditioning that we do and the conditioning that other martial artists or old conditioning techniques. Okay, stop there for a moment. So th the difference between the type of conditioning we do is I grew up conditioning on on uh, bodies. Mm. So you, st you strike your own hands, you strike your own fist, uh, striking different parts of your arm, like the tailgut part of the hand, like this, against the pox out. Um, the idea of that is we have to have feeling. So as I am developing... As I power up for the strike, I get to feel how much resistance I'm offering. I get to feel what it's like to be struck on both sides. And I can graduate, like a dial, how much I am offering so that I don't injure myself. Because the, the conditioning part of it is that we're killing cells and we're allowing the body to regenerate these cells if we stimulate that part, which is a part of the external martial art, then the theory, which often most of the time happens, is that the body regenerates more cells to replace the cells that have been killed. But if you do too many in a too short a time, then it becomes an injury. The body can't mm. replace that fast. Yeah. So uh, the idea is always to be feeling what's happening. And and I have uh, um, the theory for all practice is actually about feeling. Am I boring you or something? Right. Be those who are watching and maybe uh, those who are listening could have heard a a, a yawn. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. I should stop. Then. <laughs> oh. So what do, what do you get from all of that? The conditioning. Mm. Um, no, you grew, you grew up on bodies. You grew up conditioning with bodies. Yeah, w using bo body parts against body parts. I yeah. think I grew up more with the um, iron bars, mm. iron rings, mm. uh, gaucho bags, peso mm. bags, mm. 
and um, not so much the bilgi, but more the galtrain poxel part of the mm. hands. Mm. And I think back then it was more about how long can I last. Mm. But reflecting now, it, it was um, it was good to have that measure because I feel like I have that measure now in myself of how intense I can go with certain mm. things. But I did realize when Vaughn was still here in Perth, when I was doing Gaucho Jong with him, that my hands aren't as conditioned as I remember them to be, mm. just because I don't do that much conditioning. Mm. Um, so I have awareness around how conditioned I am, mm. and the accuracy I find comes into play, because mm. you can't just hit things. If you hit the wrong part, it hurts mm. um, and injures. Mm. So hitting the right part, it hurts, but also it's a... Um, different feeling mm. as well. Mm. So yeah, cool. Well, I don't, I don't see um, the conditioning of our jing mowers now, after having eight years without Tikwan Jongs around, mm. to be any less than when we had Tikwan Jongs around. Mm. Um, all of the students who have been training for several years have got rock hard hands. Mm. The difference is. I, I feel is that they have a greater capacity to vary how much strength they're using. Mm. Whereas when we were training with the iron bars and the galtroy bags, you could hit them as hard as you can because the iron it was made of steel. So mm. there's no way you're going to hurt it. Yeah. So it kind of got this mindset that when you move, you it's flat out or nothing. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, f for me, um, coming back to a more uh, traditional method or approach to training um, gives us more ability to graduate and dial in what it is and how much we want to give rather than just it's all or nothing. Mm. So s switch on, switch off to an actual dial. I prefer the dial. I know there's a period of time in my life when I was extremely f f uh, fearful. I was scared and felt very insecure. So my persona was all about being tough and strong and angry uh, and kind of pushed people out and just got loud and mm. my whole personality was a bit, you know, don't mess with me. But that, was, that came from fear. And when I worked that out, when I realized that's how that was driving the way I behaved in the world, then I was able at that point to make a conscious choice through a whole lot of working it through stuff and processing and speaking to people about it and, you know, working it through. So that's what's kind of, I guess, part of, a significant part of where Jingmo Academy is now mm. and how mindful we are and how thoughtful we are about how we practice has come from that process mm. rather than it's just on off yeah mm. I also feel if you can have a awareness of your own like a dial your own uh, capabilities mm. then when you touch or you feel someone else's energy coming or kill coming mm. then you have that ability to mm. meet it mm. and go just enough just to stop it mm. or whatever that may mm. be if it's off and on then when something's coming you just 
you just flinch and mm. and snap and mm. there might be too much or might be too little but mm. you never know yeah and and for some people that's what they want mm. they want to be like one strike destructive knock them down yeah you know it fits for some not for all mm. Mm. all right well what would you um give advice to Tarrant or anyone who's training iron rings at mm. the moment because mm. his question is around the iron rings mm. what would be a good um a set or daily routine around the iron rings to do mm. oh that's easy um if if it were a set of movements mm. as opposed to a drill yeah i would choose a particular combination and that really hangs the arms out because at at your at his level, he really wants to develop that kill on the outside of the body. Open the shoulders, chum gin, chum tang, keep everything out in front, and um, do a set of combination. It might be double-handed. I would do twenty at a time. Do it three times a day. Maybe plenty. Once he gets to a point where that's not challenging, then I would do in t- would look at entire drills. Mm. And practice entire drills. Jing Mo Sao Sao Gong and Green Belt's a very long drill. Yeah. So um, he could work towards that, mm. getting there for his Green Belt. I know he's grading soon. Yep. Mm. Next week, isn't it? Or week after? Next week. Next week. No, week after. Week after. Mm. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. All right. Well, um, we talk about how practicing gives us a sense of benefits mm. towards our lives. Mm. COVID-19 is around at the moment. Oh, is it? <laughs> COVID-19. You wouldn't know because you've been in the freezers and coals and waters. <laughs> Watching when people uh, yeah. walk around with toilet paper. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Do we want to spe- speak about how our practice has helped us through these tough few weeks? Yes. Well, I can speak uh, how it's helped me. Well, I, I noticed that particularly when I'm in the major shopping centres, yeah. how... There's the fear is palatable. Like it can actually feel it. The amount of fear. Palatable. Yeah. Palatable. Taste it. You can. Oh, well, I can. And how how's I it, how's it taste? Um, bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so going back onto a serious note now, yeah. uh, I can I can taste that fear that's in the air, and I th- actually thought it was only me, but. Um, Two days ago when I took William, who's only two, uh, he just couldn't sit still in the in the trolley. He was constantly wanting to get up, get down, get up, get down, grabbing things off the shelf, pointing at things, just random speaking. I could tell he was affected by all of the uh, that energy was yeah. moving around. The vibes. The vibe. And what I noticed the most is it's so difficult to separate other people's vibe from my vibe mm. like what is my well, how do I feel about all of this mm. and separating it from well what does everybody the collective feel about this and then making that me that, that that's how I feel and I think it's really important in these times that we're really clear about what is it us as an individual me as an individual believe is the most loving choice for me what what actions best take care of me and my family? Rather than um, how, how am I going to fit in with this so I don't miss out? That's a very different viewpoint. So out there we've got all 
you know, uh, lots of conversation about um, the disappointment in how Australians are behaving mm. around this crisis, this worldwide crisis. And the general thought pattern is that we're really sad about how our community is um, selfish mm. and and not considering other people and just hoarding to survive. Now, I will say that survival is an instinct. It's natural. It is normal for all of us to fight, flight, or freeze. When we are threatened like this, and this is where our practice and our training comes in, is noticing when we are in our survival part of our brain, the little tiniest part, the amygdala, and how it feels in the body, and then how that affects what we're thinking, and to be able to decipher, well, what is other people's stuff, and what is my stuff, mm. right? Um, there's no logic to it. The thing is, there's no logic. It is all emotions that have been triggered that then send chemicals around the body and it affects the way our brain's thinking and then we make decisions and we act out on them. No different to a fighting situation. And I was only saying to Dai Sihing Rob today that this is it. This is real. Right now, right here, right now, this is a life-threatening situation. Mm. And how we have trained and how we have practiced will roll out uh, in this situation. Uh, I hear things like you know, the way we behave now as parents, our kids will remember. They won't remember, you know, I'm talking about primary school and younger. They won't remember the details of COVID-19, but they will remember how mum and dad responded to something that was really horrible. So I think all in all, what's really important is that we maintain a mechanism that is going to help center us at every moment of any day, every day. And we know we talk about daily practice. Any moment of the day. So when I'm feeling flustered, the first thing I do is I make the space for me to practice. Mm. Because answering that email is not going to help. It's not going to honor the person whom I'm going to answer the email to. Uh, picking up the phone and returning a phone call when I'm in a state of fluster is not going to be helpful for me or for the other person on the other end of the phone. So what will honor everybody is that I've got to look after me first. And that's not a selfish choice. It's not a selfish action. It's actually knowing that I am not all in one place. I'm not together. I'm not centered. I need to get to that point first before I take any action. And, you know, I was... I was only speaking to uh, Sharif earlier today, a fellow Jingma, and he was saying how he owns a cleaning, a commercial cleaning business, and I haven't seen him in class for the last what week and a half now. Uh, he was here Saturday. Oh, I haven't. I wasn't yeah. here Saturday. Yeah. And um, I said, that, you know, you must be really busy. He said, see, everyone, every one of his clients wants to double their cleaning requirements. And he says, the fact is, I can't do that. Some people are going to miss out. He says, but it means extra work to try to work out how what he can do extra, and therefore it's been taking up time and space. Mm. Now I remember that 
days when I was like I maxed out at working 110 hours uh, in one week. I think I did it for a maximum of two weeks, four weeks maybe. Uh, it's a long time ago, you know, 2000. We're in in uh, just leaving Elder Street, so the early 2000s. Mm. And that's a lot of time. I gave nothing to myself. I was just outputting constantly. And I've ended up collapsing. Like, I couldn't do any more and just fell in a heap. That was it. End of it. And what I realize now is that when I keep outputting and I don't input to balance that out, then my question is, how much am I giving people whom I've promised a service or a product or just me, how much of me is there? Like if I'm not giving to me and all I am is a hollow shell that's just just getting by, then my question to everybody is, is, is that honoring the person who you've made a promise to? Because the number one person really should be yourself. Mm. Honoring yourself. When my cup is full and I offer part of me and I share that cup with another, then that is all of me. But if my cup is only 5% full, I haven't got much to share. So I can only give a little bit, mm. right? Because it can't run dry. Yeah. So as an analogy, particularly in these times now, it's actually about keeping ourselves centered and steady. And this mechanism, daily practice, um, and we can talk about you know what can what constitutes the daily practice. But um, for those of us who know what I'm talking about, I strongly encourage you to, regardless of all of the pressures out there, to meet the demands. Always, every day, do the one thing that feeds your soul, makes your heart sing, that gives something back to yourself so that you are centered. And, you know, the story I, I have in my head when I'm practicing, when, when, I, when I think about should I or shouldn't I practice more than 24 euros a day, I think to myself, it's like when I do my daily practice, it's like I am building a keel under, under the yacht. Mm. So I'm the yacht and my practice is my keel. If I have a small keel or no keel, then it means every ripple in the ocean I'm going to move. But as I practice, the keel gets longer and deeper and more complex and has more mechanisms to deal with the current and the wind and the, or, or, and the, the waves and stuff, right? So even though I might be sloshing about, I'm steady and I can still follow my charted course. Even though it might be blowing a gale and a cyclone outside, I can still follow that charted course. And that's so important right now. Everybody talks about all the things they need to do in preparation for doomsday. Mm. In actual fact, what we need to do is care for ourselves now, not for the someday one day event. Yeah. Be kind to ourselves and we'll then be able to be kind to others. A lot of the actions that people are taking now, very normal. There's no judgment from me. It is a survival instinct and it's not fun to be in. When we're in survival, adrenaline, cortisol levels, all of these things that help us function under those times are actually really bad for us as a human 
for long periods of time. Mm. You know, I noticed, uh, what's today? Thursday. So Monday, I noticed on uh, Monday that I had so much adrenaline running through my body and my cortisol levels were high because of all of the fear that was around that I had no appetite. I could just keep going and I made myself stop to eat. Monday night, I made well Monday I made sure I finished my Yulu's and when it was time to sleep it was just crash at that point because I knew Tuesday morning it was class time and to honour me and everybody else all of me needs to be here not just the survival part of me here. Mm. So I think that's really important and uh, and I invite everyone who um, has any inclination to care for themselves or anyone who is in a position of responsibility, for example, parents, carers, teachers, uh, healthcare workers, managers, line managers, foremans, team leaders, whomever. It's really important right now that we hold ourselves steady because all the people that we are responsible for who work under with us in our team are just waiting for us to make those important decisions. And it's crucial that we're steady. So that's what I think. That's my story around it. What's, your, what's yours and practice? I notice you've posted up a few things. Mm. Um, well, yesterday was an example where I um, wasn't aware of stuff going on yeah. in, my, in my body. So I woke up and it was Wednesday shower, breakfast, all that stuff, and just noticed that my mind was wandering a lot, racing through the morning, but I had heaps of time, but I don't know why I was racing, so things was happening for me, I guess, and then um, before I left the house, there was a spot free in the garage because grandparents had left, I said to myself, I, I should practice, so I messaged you and said, I'm going to be a moment, I'm just going to practice, finish my year, or start my year, do some year, and then once I did my yearlies, during the first three, during the start of it, I, n- I noticed I kept losing my place because uh. my mind was wandering mm. for some reason that mm. I didn't know. Mm. And then by the fourth, fifth yearly, I felt literally more centered and think clearly. Like I mm. wasn't racing in my thoughts. I was like, huh. Mm. And then I reflected how I was feeling and noticed that I actually felt a little bit scared and frustrated and sad and all that, all all of that, um, in my body, but I didn't didn't notice it as I would normally. It was just mm. there, mm. and it was causing me all sorts of things in terms of what I just described, mm. and that was a a sign for me, a reminder, just to um, practice. Mm. And things were, things will unfold for me, and I was trying to work it out without practicing, mm. which was still confusing me, and I like wasn't sure what time it was, and everything was out of sorts, until I centered myself through my practice, and yeah, that's what I noticed. Mm. It was it was kind of crazy for me because we we live it, I hear it a lot, and I'm mm. teaching it, mm. and and it still surprises me when I notice that, mm. and it happens to me. Mm. Because I'm just human, but mm. it still surprises me. I'm like, huh, I needed that. 
Mm. And that's why I posted and mm. did stuff like that. And I even thought I should, um, well, I want to keep my vlogs going in mm. this time mm. just to share my daily practice, hoping to inspire and, and yeah, just share with everyone out there mm. that what I'm going through might relate to them and how they can fit in some of their practice and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, that was my instant. Oh, cool. I think there's more to come, really. I think my ulcer is part of that, too. Stuff happening in the body. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. That's cool. So what constitutes a daily practice? Um, we were having this conversation on Tuesday in the parent Tai Chi class. Oh, yeah. And I, I realized, I was saying like, since, uh, uh, since prior to Tuesday, that anything is daily practice, right? <laughs> And I was watching and listening, particularly to Pierce and Ellie, as they are sharing how it, the weather hasn't been conducive of practice. So therefore, they've stuck with their language practice and their music practice. And just observing um, what's been happening. And what I've realized is that, in actual fact, I cannot escape the rule of three this rule of three in Tai Chi is from our particular style, practical method, Gen style Tai Chi practical method, and that is the theory is precise, the method is complex, real Kung Fu comes from practice. Now that's from Grandmaster Hong. And I remember first reading that when our teacher, uh, Master Chen, wrote it in a book, assigned uh, the f volume one of the translated works of uh, Grandmaster Hong. Mm. And I I asked him, I said, Shifu, what does that mean? And he explained it to me, and so we wrote it down in English. And uh, I didn't really get it until we started, uh, until I started my daily practice um, 109 weeks ago. And, and that is that what leads me to being present to myself is bringing all three parts of me into one place, mind, body, and spirit, and it requires an activity that triggers all three parts of me. Mm. An activity that triggers my mind, and it triggered, uh, triggers my emotion, and an activity that triggers my physical body. Now, yes, music and art and all of those things uh, can bring a person to one point. And I know that, like, for example, seeing Brendan used to talk to, to both of us about meditation and how it was how he benefited from it and so on and I I, I never got it I never got because there was still one part missing for me which is the doing the the actual physical exertion was missing and now I know why because uh, listening to Pierce and Ali and how it's still not quite there like even though they're doing daily practice of some nature there's something still missing and it is it's the physical doing so we have to have all three parts. It has to be a clear theory. You can't just ab-lib something as you do it every day. It must be complex. It, it can't be something that's simple and that's not challenging because that doesn't bring the mind into it. And there has to be hard work. So your body's got to sweat. It's got to ache. It's got to feel like it's changing. You've got to do it to a point where changing is, is being triggered. And that's what brings me into that one spot. So I, I, I now am very clear that a daily practice 
that fits a daily practice project doesn't have to be Tai Chi or Kung Fu. can be something else, but it must consist of those three elements. And that's what everyone needs to find, particularly when we feel like life as we know it is being threatened to change. And if we're standing in a position where we're making life-changing decisions, we know, we all know we need to be clear before we do those things. That is not a knee-jerk reaction. It's not just acting out or lashing back. It's actually something that I have taken great deep consideration and thought it through, felt it through, so that I can then follow up with the doing it through. So, daily practice. It's mm. a, I see it as a, um, a mechanism to maintain clarity for every single one of us. So that's my my bit. Thanks for explaining. Thanks for your bit. Yep, my bit. Love it. Yeah, good. I'm glad you love it. Love it. Mm. Yeah. Cool. <coughs> I haven't sent an email to our Jingmaoers for what week and a half now about COVID nineteen and what we're doing and stuff like that because not because I don't care, not because it's something that we we don't have to talk about. Absolutely not. It's exactly the opposite. But what I am mindful of is I think everybody's inboxes are being bombarded by emails daily around what every company and what every subscription, what every manufacturer that they've ever had contact with is telling them about. Don't worry, we're still, we're here. We're just COVID-19. These are the things we're doing, you know, and you can still trust our company and and we're going to deliver services and products as, as best we can and all this stuff. So like, well, they don't need another email from me. Mm. What they want us, what they need is action. So we've taken action here at the Academy. We adhere to the social distancing recommendations from the health department. We are now... Uh, put it, taking our project that we started last May, way before COVID-19 arrived, of developing live streaming and online uh, classes. And yes, thank you, COVID-19. You've kicked us along pretty quickly because I admitted yesterday um, to Dicing Rob, actually, that what's held me back was the the fear of being judged <clears throat> uh, my fear of being judged if I go live I can't edit this stuff yeah right so it is way it is oh I don't know whether I can do that yeah. <laughs> mate I have that fear just with the vlogs and do I'm you? editing them oh like that's what's honestly that's yeah. what stopped me from really you know, flicking a switch on it and going Let, let's turn this on because now now what I realise is it's so important for us to reach out to our community have them still be included in what it is we're doing because some of them have to be isolated, some of them have to be distant for health reasons mm. because they're working with people who are at high risk, because they are taking medication that means that their immune system isn't as strong as everyone else's, et cetera, et cetera. So we're live streaming as of tonight mm. and we're doing it at two levels. I'm really excited because I'm a gadget guy. I love all these gadgets. You and I went out and I know this bought a whole lot of gadgets yesterday, which mm. is really cool. Um, but we're going to give the broadcast quality live streaming to everyone. And for Jingmoers, we're going to have daily uh, additional classes 
or live stream. Mm. Love to. Yeah, no. no, but starts tonight. Got the gear there. And you didn't mention oh. we will end up live streaming this podcast. Yes. That's going to be fun. It'll be cool. Yeah. It's no editing out. No. And just like riff, riff that. <laughs> just riff that. I, I thought of, because our cameras, the Sony cameras have a 30 minute yep. power save function that you can't turn off. Yeah. So we, we actually <clears throat> break in half an hour and then start a new recording. So I thought if you guys ever comment during the podcast, during our half an hour break, no, during a break after half an hour, yeah. we can communicate directly with you guys and answer your questions yeah. if you have any on the live. Yeah. Say hi. Yeah. Okay, shout out on the podcast and then start our podcast again. Yeah. The recording of it. Yeah. Mm. So good. Yeah, it is so good. So good. It is good. You are still going to edit it. So it's... Uh... No, man, it's just going to be live now. Really? No. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. Of course you're going to How are we going to... Where we'll put it if it's just live. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's good. <laughs> Alrighty then. All right. Well, guys, I don't feel like I've talked much in this episode because my bloody tongue hurts. Yeah. Um, but thank you for listening. Keep up your daily practice. I'll be posting vlogs on how my practice is going so you can watch those on the For Real YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, any final words, Fajr? No. No final words. All right. Very good then. Thank you for listening again, and we'll see you in the next episode. See ya.